The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. This is not a view. This is not an opinion. This is not a theory. Not a theory. It is not a theory. What will be presented is not a theory. And it is not speculation. It is evidence. More than 40,000 images, hundreds of video clips, and a large volume of witness testimony. 500 pages of meticulous evidence. Dr. Judy Wood's book has proven what happened. She does not speculate. She does not theorize. She presents the evidence of what we actually see there. It is a subject of verifiable, empirically provable, irrefutable scientific knowledge. Remember that you can know something. Not everything is a belief. Not everything is a theory. The stuff that you can actually know and use it to move forward. One thing about evidence is that it's there. It's truth. The evidence is always the truth. According to Dr. Judy Wood, the World Trade Center towers did not collapse on September 11, 2001. They were already turned to dust before a gravity-driven collapse was a possibility. Where is all the rubble? There's no debris. Where the hell did these buildings go? Yeah. You're talking about 110-story right. buildings that fucking evaporated. Where did the towers go? go. At the bottom of the towers was something called the bathtub. If the debris of the buildings had fallen into that bathtub, it would have ruptured the walls, resulting in the entire flooding of lower Manhattan if the walls were not ruptured. These huge buildings turned to dust in midair right in front of our faces on TV. Why did so few people see that? It's incomprehensible for somebody to see something solid turn into dust. The dust was hitting people, and people were not burning. Obviously, the dust was not hot. Dust cloud rolls out, and it leaves behind people covered with dust, not burned bodies. Why not the trees? Why not the buildings? Why not the paper? How do you explain that? The cars burn, the paper doesn't. The alleged plane that we saw on the video went through the building like knife through hot butter almost as if there was no resistance whatsoever. What I can say for certain is a normal airplane did not hit a normal wall. That's impossible. The remains of several hundred people were recovered from ground zero and ceremonially buried. But there was no trace left at all of over 1,500 who died. Remember the uh, people who left the building early, they've been referred to as jumpers. I don't think they voluntarily jumped. How many people are we talking about? About 1,200. It was raining people. It appears that there's a lot of mass coming out of the building for hours. So basically it was disintegrating from the inside. Yes. By 5.20 p.m. there wasn't enough mass left to slam to the ground. The walls were like an empty shell. At the World Trade Center, 50 times the normal levels of tritium were discovered. It's from some kind of nuclear reaction. This is the really weird thing, isn't it? There was a big hurricane on the morning of 9-11, just off the coast, and bizarrely, it seems, no one on the news mentioned it. This was recorded in Alaska, 
ground-based magnetometers at six different locations. Yes. At precisely that moment, the Earth's magnetic field changed. Manipulation of events on the global level in history involves the use of a controlled opposition. 9-11 proves the existence of free energy technology on this planet. With 9-11, everybody around the planet can know that free energy technology exists. If science was never questioned, you'd still be drinking cocaine, giving children cough syrup with heroin, spraying people with DDT, and smoking the cigarette brand your doctor recommended. The same applies in 9-11. If you questioned the official narrative of 19 Arabs, who hijacked planes and used them as missiles, as weapons. Two of them went through two skyscrapers made of steel like hot knives through butter with no resistance at all. And all of this was coordinated against the most powerful military force in the world by a boogeyman named Osama bin Laden deep inside a mountain range in Afghanistan. If you questioned any of this, you were unpatriotic. But after 20 years, we still have questions and are not afraid to ask. For the answers, stay with us. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy, MMS, CBD pure hemp oil, pure organic sulfur, flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it and click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. According to Dr. Judy Wood, the truth about 9-11 is still known, and is still knowable for those who seek it. Dr. Wood is a former professor of mechanical engineering. In the time since 9-11-01, she has applied her expertise to a forensic study of over 40,000 images, hundreds of video clips, and a large volume of witness testimony pertaining to the destruction of the World Trade Center complex. Her seminal book is titled, Where Did the Towers Go? You can find a link right on our website. Her websites are drjudywood.com and wheredidetowersgo.com. On this 20th anniversary of 9-11, I'm privileged and honored to bring back Dr. Judy Wood. Hello, Judy, and welcome back. How are you? Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for still having the courage. <laughs> it's been over a decade. We've done many, many interviews. And uh, you and I were talking before we started, and you and I kind of agreed that things are still the same, but they're getting worse. I want to give people some positive outlook here, but I want to discuss what you feel we've accomplished in the last 20 years. Do we know more now than we knew 10 years ago? Oh, somewhat, but um, the way events like this are run is there's always a cover-up. Do you think they're going to leave that to chance? Do you think they'd plan something like this, whoever they is, uh, and, and, and just forget about a cover-up? No, they plan a cover-up. 
and the cover-up is, uh, you know, uh, strongly holding. And that's one of the things I'd really like to talk about is how to um, negotiate your way through the maze. You know, of, of um, are you going with groupthink or or do you have your individual thoughts and know that they are your individual thoughts? That's an important thing. And figure out what the truth is and what the facts are. Um, that is uh, ideology versus knowledge. And we need to stress knowledge because um, ideology can get uh, railroaded one way or the other. People can um, easily be co-opted off, off track. I think I may have asked you this last year. Do you see similarities between 9-11-01 and this COVID-1984 pandemic that we're going through? Oh, big time. Uh, one was the uh, opening move of what's just continued on, one big um, long psyop. Um, and looking at, you know, what are the things in common? One of the things is assumptions. They encourage you to make assumptions, not to think for yourself, but to assume and jump on a bandwagon. And, of course, you know, you get intimidated. If you don't believe in this, then you're, you know, uh, un-American or evil or, or something. But one of the biggest things also, let's add into that, the uh, climate issue, uh, climate change or whatever they're calling it now, uh, cooling or warming or whatnot. Um, what do, do those three things have in common, 9-11, climate change, and covid they're all driven by models. Garbage in, garbage out. You know, the NIST report uh, just had somebody make up a hypothetical uh, scenario. They didn't analyze the, the collapse or, or the uh, demise of the building. And we know that's true also with uh, the climate change. That came from models, as well as the COVID business from that place in the U.K., who just, you know, everybody was going to die or, you know, something dire. And you scare people and they do what you want them to do. I'm thinking that everybody thinks, wow, I just can't believe our government is so incompetent. What happened to 9-11? The most powerful military force in the world, the most powerful intelligence apparatus uh, with the Pentagon, with probably thousands of cameras, and we only saw... Uh, footage from a, I believe it was a gas station. We let this happen and the stand down and all those. It's part of the narrative, of course. And recently, and I don't mean to bring this up because I don't want to mix things, but I'm going to read this for people because a lot of people are writing saying, I cannot believe how incompetent this administration is in uh, this withdrawal from Afghanistan. I don't think that our government is incompetent at all. Right. I have I have a term for it. I've got a term for it, and this also helps identify, you know, what side somebody's on. Is this just a, a bumbling idiot who's interested in the truth, or are they something more evil? Uh, I call it, it uh, you know, brilliant stupidity. <laughs> if somebody's really stupidity. stupid, they can't be brilliantly stupid. So you think this is why they had George W. Bush as president, uh, the, the junior as president, and now we have this, I don't even know, call it a name, but I'm going to read something for the audience. It might be relevant. For those who still believe the Afghanistan fiasco was just incompetence, 
10% for the big guy. Again, let me read this. This is from a uh, reporter from Poland. Uh, she goes by Polish Owl. She says, this is a must read. The Bidens own 10% of a Chinese lithium ion battery company whose stock has soared almost 30, 300% since Biden was, quote unquote, elected. Afghanistan's biggest mineral is lithium, valued between $1 trillion to $3 trillion. China was already in talks with the Taliban before Biden's Afghan debacle. China moves in and takes over the lithium market and the Biden's profit off of all of this at the expense of American lives. It's all making sense now. And for anyone interested in researching the company, it is named Contemporary Amperex Technology Company Limited, CATL. And CATL is the world's largest maker of electric vehicle batteries. Do you see a connection here with climate change and this push of getting rid of uh, fossil fuels and only having electric vehicles? It seems like um, the destruction of this country or maybe trying to destroy it so we can have one world government. And what I don't like about that is if um, something goes wrong, where do you escape to? You know, like um, Germany, uh, Nazi Germany, you had um, other folks that came in to to correct things. But if you have one world government, you're done for. There's no escape. Those are the words of my late father. He always told me, and I never believed it because I never, never back then would even fathom thinking that this could happen here. He said, if something goes wrong now, we were able to escape, but you won't have that luxury because once the U.S. goes, there's nowhere else to go. So the people who are thinking that this could never happen here, I don't think they're saying that anymore, don't you think? Right. And with uh, what happened in Afghanistan, can you think of it? you know, a better plan or for, for different objectives than what we would choose, a, a more brilliant plan to, to arm the enemy, our enemy, and and also destroy the reputation of this country. You know, lots of things. It's it was that's why I call it brilliant stupidity. It's it's just so uh, absolute out there. But it's to realize how to sort the various things out. It's important, so important to know what it is that you know, that you know that you know, and then know that everything else you don't know. When you start making assumptions, even un- unconsciously, you're fixing to mess up. And that's how people are lured one way or the other. Uh, a, an easy example um, is what the media conveyed to the public about Casey Anthony. You know, women who supposedly killed her kid, that's what she was being charged with. But where was the evidence? You know, yeah, she, was, she wasn't a very good mother. But uh, to charge her with murder just because you don't like what kind of mother she is, you, you know, she may have killed the kid, but you need to have evidence to connect those dots. So it's important to know what it is, not, you know, jump to a conclusion. You know, think of Perry Mason. Uh, he would go to the point of, where um, his opposition would, you know, he measure grooves on the on the bullet, and make sure that matches what's, what's, uh, you know, comes out of the the suspect's gun, make sure the body has a bullet hole in it, you know, the fingerprints. It, I used to think that was really strange that they'd worry about if the fingerprints match what was on the gun, and you know, it seemed like it was just overkill. But now I understand it. If you leave no uh, out. 
and this is clear that this person shot this gun and that and the bullet from that gun ended up in the body that ended up dying it, it kind of removes doubt and I think that's important with all respects otherwise if you're making assumptions because of one thing or another you're fixing to mess up because you can be easily controlled uh, without even realizing it. I, I think I sent you the clip about um, the ash conformity experiment. Yeah, before you go there, I have a comment. I wanted to discuss the ash experiment, which is okay. so important. The biggest threat, correct me if I'm wrong, but the biggest threat to me at least is those who are tapped into the hive mind, those who only watch CNN and Fox News or any mainstream media platform, those who blindly believe and follow so-called science and authority. If it comes to a point where we lose it all to communism, and folks, once you get to communism, you have no way out. Right now, we still have a chance. We can still rise, and and, and, and I don't want to go there because we're so censored that even even if I mention something like that, it will probably be the last thing I can say. But the ash experiment, just I want you to summarize or actually explain what it is because this is exactly what's happening now. You have, you have one person who, at the beginning, starts questioning the the, the authority and, and, and it does not blindly believe. But then you have all these people around them that peer pressure. And maybe today you might be questioning, but tomorrow something in your mind says, you join in. I have to, I better, what is that that they say? If you can beat them, join them. But explain what the ash experiment is well it there's a couple of things one is is um that uh, you know they're wrong but you want to be accepted so you go along with them the other thing is hmm, they must know something i don't know so maybe they are right and what the ash conformed experiment is is um it was done in like 1970 uh that um the the, the head guy shows uh several lines. He has one line on the left and three on the right of different lengths. And he says, which one is the same as the line on the left? Number one, two, or three. And unknown to the test subject, everybody else is um, an actor, but he thinks they're all test subjects. And so um, he obviously knows it's number two that matches, but they start going around the room and they, they all say one. And he gets to it, well, it's two. And this keeps going on. Pretty soon, he, he decides to join in with them. But, you know, whether he wants to be accepted by the others or he thinks they know something he doesn't know. And the same thing was happening with 9-11. Um, there's a clip I sent you uh, with um, George Stephanopoulos at the scene yes. and Peter Jennings in the studio. This was 25 hours after the tower went poof. Let's play it. All right. Jackie Judd and several other people keep asking us, when you look at where the towers used to stand, there is surprisingly so little rubble. Where did all the rubble go? It's a very good question, Peter, and I have asked some people who've been doing some of the rescue and recovery work this morning. If you look behind me, you can see the very remains, the skeletal remains of the World Trade Center. And one volunteer, Robert Gerlinski, explained to me the reason there's so little rubble is that all of it simply fell down into the ground and was pulverized, evaporated. Okay, then comment about what we just heard. Well, uh, you know, Peter Jennings is mentioning that Ashley, uh, you know, who was it? Uh, uh, anyway, the, the other people in his office were asking, so he's asking George Stephanopoulos, well, where'd all the rubble go? And George says, you know, was wondering about that too. 
and uh, so he, he kept asking around until he found a volunteer that gave an answer that said it evaporated. It fell down to the ground, was pulverized, and evaporated. And when I've given this in talks, people started snickering. And I said, oh, you have to feel sorry for him. He's there to tell the whole world what's going on, and that's the best he can do. But what both of them are telling us is that there was not enough rubble. That you know, If they're saying that it evaporated, there, obviously there's not enough rubble for, for uh, the Twin Towers. So they're struggling to explain it away. But by the next day, the media was all on board with that wasn't a problem. So that conformity just happened soon after that. But they were asking the right questions the next day, which was, where did all the rubble go? There's not enough rubble to account for two quarter-mile-tall buildings and some other buildings, too. Do you so think, that, do you in, think uh, the script was really not written and given to the reporters that day or maybe even the day after? And this is why, I mean, because I'm thinking Peter Jennings and George Stephanopoulos, they're part of, in, my, in the late Peter Jennings, but look at Stephanopoulos now, his deep right. state as, as deep as he can get. Do you think that they didn't get a script to, to follow immediately after the events happened? Right. I think that was organic, and it looked organic. I mean, and, and it is kind of uh, silly for them to say uh, buildings f fell down to the ground were pulverized and evaporated. And uh, that's because uh, volunteer Robert Gerlinski explained that. You know, so he was just repeating that. But um, and it's another thing people tend to do is keep asking a question until they get an answer. They don't stop to evaluate if it's a reasonable answer. They just have an answer and they and they move on. And that's something to be careful of because um, if you know the cover-up crew gives you an answer, often people take it and run with it without stopping to evaluate. Does it make sense? And, and I think that's this is so important to, to think about. And this is exactly what's happening right now. And I, you might be wondering, folks, why am I bringing COVID nineteen eighty four back and forth? Well, because there are very there are a lot of similarities right now. CNN, yeah, in my opinion, it's a continuation. It is certainly a continuation, but you have all these outfits, and I think they're bought and paid for by big pharma. You hear one thing, oh, Congress yeah. and Rand Paul grilling Dr. Fauci about the fact that he knew about the the spike protein protein research, and now it's proven that that is a fact. And then immediately, what do we get? We get CNN completely reversing course and saying, nope, that didn't happen, protecting the powers that want to be. Yeah, but, but that keeps you going around in circles on whether or not it's, a, it's escaped from the lab and all this stuff, rather than what's going on since then. Um, the first thing I noticed was uh, this business of Walmart that I used to shop at at midnight or 1 a.m. Now, you know, cut their hours in half instead of being open 24 hours a day. And then they shut down all the mom and pop shops. So you're forced to shop in a more crowded environment. Does that make sense? No. If you worry about keeping people from getting sick, why do you stuff them into a more crowded environment? So right away, that, that was a red flag. And a lot of stuff, you know, came up like that, um, as well as the, uh, the jabs that they, you know, they're giving, um, that – you know, natural. Remember uh, getting chicken pox as a kid? Sure. I even had chicken pox parties. And, and once you get it, you're done with it. And I like to point out where the term snot nosed kids come from because <laughs> kids are busy developing their immune system for life and they get catch everything on earth, but they get over it. 
and they're very robust, you know, kids' immune systems are, and they, they develop immunity for lots of stuff. If you wanted to um, uh, have herd immunity for this virus, let the kids catch it, get over it, and then they can't be carriers of it anymore. But that's not what they're doing. So it's a, you know, brilliantly stupid? No, they can't be that stupid. Well, or you and I it's, can go to a, you and I can go to a restaurant, sit at the table, remove our masks, and it's fine. But children in many schools in the United States have to wear a mask all day long while sitting down. Do you think that's fair? Well, it's uh, emotionally destructive and psychologically destructive to the kid. It, 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 what does the kid think the world is after that? You know, be afraid and be very afraid. And, and people are easily controlled when they're afraid. I thought of putting a, a message on my mask saying PSYOP maintenance. But then I thought <laughs> I might get arrested doing that. PSYOP but it, maintenance. You, know, you have to make it palatable. Yep, that's that's what it is. It's an, it, And also arguing about masks, um, it's, it's not a, a good move because um, – it keeps you from talking about what's really important. And I uh, I have a perfect analogy with 9-11, the plane issue. The buildings mostly turn to dust in midair. Real planes cannot do that. Neither can fake planes. So why argue about planes? The reason why they like to get the plane story going is because it has emotional involvement and distracts you away from looking at what really happened. <clears throat> And I think the uh, the mask thing is partly to uh, keep the psyop going, but also they want people to argue about the masks so they aren't looking at what what's really going on. So let's talk about the parallels here. You think that masks is planes when you talk about 9-11? Yeah, it's like the plane distraction. Arguing about that where it, it doesn't get you to solve what happened to the buildings. The buildings mostly turn to dust in midair. You know, it, you know, real planes can't do that, neither can fake planes. So why argue about planes? Well, not to bring the planes off, because I know that yeah. that's, that's not an area you want to discuss. But the more I see footage, and I've seen footage without any planes, but I, I just don't see any resistance. It goes through, you know, like a knife through hot butter, as, as you said many times. It's like the Willy Coyote or the Roadrunner going through it. Have you ever seen a plane go through a building and leave a, you know, a wily e. coyote cut out? Never. And not spill any parts on the ground? Right. But also it supposedly went in an angle and if it did that it would have, you know, rotated around and and the tail would have flung off. Um uh, but also uh like for tower 2, there was a, a helicopter, a police helicopter right outside the building and it looked like to, to them like a, a plane just flew under him when it supposedly went in the building, but it didn't jostle the helicopter at all. And I think we all know that a helicopter, you know, flying or staying stationary in the air, having an airplane fly right next to it, that wake vortex is going to uh, upset the apple cart. Not to mention the evasive maneuver that the pilot would have taken. Right, but but also uh, the deal with the how <clears throat> fast they said the planes were going—that's impossible too. It's um, the, the plane would have come apart. It's not a fighter jet; it's a econobox. There's a whole lot of issues with it, but <clears throat> as you know, the more you start discussing that, but people are so emotionally invested in the planes, and that's the way it was painted on the TV set. And so they get people invested in something emotional; they shut their brains off. 
<clears throat> I know it sounds crazy and to I people. Think that's what the, yes. I know it sounds crazy to people because a lot of people are with the hive mind that there were planes used. Obviously, they're going to be asking you, yeah, but what happened to the people? Well, that doesn't mean anything. Those planes could have... Well, there's a lot of ways of getting rid of people. Exactly. And that those planes could have been... Or maybe they never departed. Or maybe they went somewhere else and the transponders often... But I don't believe... Now, me, I don't believe that planes were used... They didn't crash on the World Trade Center. And besides, all these clips that you're sending me, uh, for example, the, the Jennings and Stephanopoulos, there was another one. I forgot the, the actual Jamie... I forgot the name, but it's a CNN reporter. And it was the day off at the Pentagon, and he's walking by saying, I don't see any plane here. You remember that? Right. Jamie right. McIntyre. You know, it, it, it might have appeared that way, but from my close-up inspection, uh, there's no evidence of a plane having crashed anywhere near the Pentagon. The only site uh, is the actual uh, site of the building that's crashed in, and as I said, the only pieces left. Uh, that you can see are, are small enough that you could pick up in your hand. Uh, there are no large uh, tail sections, wing sections, uh, a fuselage, nothing like that anywhere around, which would indicate that the entire plane crashed into the side of the Pentagon. I, I happen to have recorded that the actual live you know, thing right when that happened, and they were, didn't know if it was a, a truck bomb or a helicopter or what it was. And the uh, reporter called in from a telephone booth saying, um, you know, illnesses were going by. And he says, going to, I, I know not where, but it's in re response to uh, something happened in New York, uh, you know, related to airplanes. He didn't say what, you know, what the relationship was. He says, and whatever it was that happened at the Pentagon. I, I, I crack up every time I hear that because that's, that's the truth. You know, whatever it was that happened at the Pentagon, they didn't know for a while what it was. And if it's a plane crash, you surely know what happened. Um, but also about the towers, the, the North Tower got a hole in it. And then uh, people were told it was a, a, a plane. And then you'd bet that if something was happening with the South Tower and they, they heard an airplane coming and they hit the deck, they duck. And nobody happened to see it unless they happened to be looking up. They didn't hear something and look up. And if you've ever been at the end of a runway when a plane's taking off, uh, you, you duck, even though it's yeah, a couple hundred feet above you or a hundred feet above you, you, you know, and you have to hold your ears. It's nature. Because it's real loud. Yep, it's nature. And um, nobody was uh, having that kind of issue. Um, and um, David Henshaw, who took a picture of the explosion at the edge of the South Tower, um, heard a, a whistle kind of sound. And he's looking around like, what's this? And then the building exploded. He took a picture of it. There's no wake vortex going into it. But um, then, you know, people said it was an airplane. Okay. Then about an hour later, he hears the same whistle sound again. Okay, now if that's an airplane, I'm going to get a picture of it this time. And he holds his camera up and through the viewfinder sees the building turn into dust. In other words, he's identifying the same, the same technology. The one thing I realized, Judy, after all these years, is that we are truly living inside a simulation like SimCity, the game, for example. You know, I can go back all the way to the JFK assassination, and then we get the, the uh, what do you call it, the Warren Commission, <laughs> made by allegedly the perpetrators, and then we get the 9-11 Commission. 
Or we can go back to 1990-91, the, the first Gulf War. And I remember being glued to CNN. This is before I uh, woke up. But watching CNN every single day, believing everything. I still have those VHS tapes. If I play them now, I look at so many lies and so many fallacies that I can pinpoint now. But it took time for me to be able to untap myself from this. And the same, th- same thing happened on 9-11. The same thing is happening now. And I think that's their biggest concern. And I think the next shoe to drop, in my opinion, it might be that we lose the Internet because they cannot have people losing the hive mind and just thinking for themselves. Or they shut the Internet off for uh, special people because <laughs> they want the uh, the hive mind, you know, uh, promoting it. Right. But it's so important to know what it is that you know that you know that you know. Not what somebody convinced you of, but what you know. And know everything else you don't know and be, be comfortable with that. And don't have to grab on to, to answers, but you know, keep a separation in there about what you know. And you know, for for example, how many airplanes do you know that make uh wily coyote cutouts in a building and don't spill any parts outside and do it at an angle? Well, if you don't know that, okay, then just walk around that piece of, of data. But when they, you know, when they start talking about a 9-11 commission or the, the NIST report, um, you remember what uh, what the NIST report was called? Something about the final report on the collapse of the, of the buildings, but they never even analyzed the collapse. <laughs> what they, did they, they analyze? Uh, they, they analyzed uh, a hypothetical scenario. That, that they uh, generate on a computer. And they, they even uh, acknowledged to me when I sent in a, a request for correction that they didn't analyze the, the destruction. So it was just a, a computer-generated uh, model. So it, but w- where is the problem with the general public is assuming. It, it's, it, you know, the, the, um, the cover-ups are done by enticing people to make assumptions. What about these three things? And people st- people still write to me saying, oh, it was thermite. They still talk about that. Uh, it was new, many nukes. Oh, it caused an earthquake. But as you always say, there's, there was no thermal signature, no seismic signature, and no nuclear signature. Am I right? And, right. And, and not like that, the, the 14 people in Stairway B of Tower 1 uh, you know, they thought they're they're uh, goners because they thought by the time they thought they had 106 stories of building above them, and by the time they got excavated down to, they they'd be dead. But then the the, the uh, sky cleared, and they could look up and see blue sky, and then they walked out. 14 people. What one of them was a civilian. The the rest were um, first responders. They weren't crushed. They didn't burn up. You know, they uh, they didn't talk about um, uh, you know bright lights or anything. Now, as for you know thermite, there's a, a clip I sent you um, that I, I like to play of what was missing, piece of evidence missing on 9/11. If thermite destroyed the buildings, it, it, it's it's bright white, hot. In Lower Manhattan would have been blindingly bright, but nobody saw that. So you have to look, does it make logical sense? But still, still people talk about that. The 9-11 commission, the, uh, what do you call it, uh, architects and engineers for 9-11, and a lot of them listen to me here, 
And they're, th- they're thinking I'm close-minded because I don't want to discuss that. But the thing is, there's something called controlled opposition. And there's alternative, yep. uh, alternate stories out there to, you know, take people off the scent and don't go for where the truth is. So let me ask you this. Right. Oh, hang on. If you, if, if you don't like the lie behind door number one, they'll show you the lie behind door number two. If you don't like that one, they'll, they'll show you the lie behind door number three. You know, thermite or, or uh, bombs in the building or mini nukes or whatever. Anything to keep you from turning around and looking at the wide open field of evidence right behind you. It keeps you from looking at the evidence. This may sound disconnected from the topic, but I have to ask you. You've probably been following the news about the Surfside Florida collapse in July, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was there days after the collapse because I, I lost a few acquaintances there. And I was staying a few blocks away. And one Sunday, I decided to go, even though the whole avenue was uh, cordoned off. But I took a few pictures. And I don't know why I thought of 9-11. Because there was nothing, nothing on the bottom, completely nothing. The only thing that I could see was the last building that they actually... They imploded on purpose because they didn't want people to to suffer the consequences of what happened on the other. But then a couple of days Mm -hmm. later, I was going through the highway and I saw police after police car (laughs) escorting probably about a dozen semis full of debris, full of debris. And I saw them again the next day, the next day, and they were all going to the port of Miami. With all that, it looked like powder, basically. You couldn't see anything but powder coming from that location. What do you think that could be? Well, it, at first, you know, I like to say, know it is that you know that you know. Uh, the My first uh, images I saw of it, I kind of joked with someone saying, did they buy their, their uh, concrete from mix from, from China? <laughs> it, it looked like uh, they forgot to put rebars in the concrete. I mean, the concrete just seemed like it was pathetic. It, it, the quality of it uh, just crumbled to death like, like uh, it didn't have any rebar in it or something. Or they greased it or something. It, it you know, it was obviously it was a substandard um, build. That, but that's the main thing that I noticed. Um, there, there were pictures I saw of. Uh, you know, leaks uh, of the of the uh, swimming pool and in the area around it, but I haven't investigated it further than that. Okay, no, that's fine. I appreciate that. Uh, what I've been told, it's that they were notified of anomalies and they had structural deficiencies. This was brought to the board of directors of that building to the administrator yeah, for, for, for a long time, and they just let them go for a long time, and now they're. Pleading the fifth. They're saying, whoop, we don't remember anything. But what I've been told also by developers is that if you look at that, those there were multiple buildings, but the ones that collapsed first were the ones facing the ocean. And for the past year, they have been selling those condos like hotcakes and going up in price. And what they were doing is that they were dropping walls, retaining walls inside of the buildings to make the apartments, which were built, I think, 1980, I believe it was. So they cut the walls to make it appear bigger, the apartments, to look like a modern one. And that created the Jenga 
effect. And if you noticed, most of the buildings that collapsed were closer to the ocean. The people who lived with the one facing the avenue perhaps were not as wealthy. That building stayed standing normally. So just another theory. Yeah, my, my general feelings from where the, 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 the structure was substandard. I think it was built that way, you know, with, with poor quality concrete. <clears throat> Maybe they put too much water in it or something when they were building it, but then it also degraded over time. And yeah, then maybe um, cutting walls would would help. But I I didn't know anything about that. But it looked like it was just a basket case of a situation, you know, as opposed to somebody. Uh, you know, it, it's a lot of people emailed me saying, "Oh, it was just like the towers." No, I didn't see it that way at all. There's a lot of junk. You know, it didn't uh, blow away, you know, gone with the wind. But it was also substandard. You know, the, it really looked like there wasn't any rebar in it. I'm sure there was, but it, it looked like there wasn't, like the concrete wasn't attached to it. Well, one thing I noticed, too, was that uh, I don't know if you ever heard what the topos are. These are a group of Mexican rescuers, and they are trained to go into any demolition or, or earthquake or collapse. And they're experts, they're known worldwide to be able to save lives. And they immediately... They know where to step and not to step. Perhaps. And they immediately called the United States uh, Department of State to say, hey, we're ready to go anytime. And their, their visa was not granted until a week later. And when I was there in, in Miami, I saw them. And they were, well, I was told... They were outside of the chains that were blocking the, the area, and they were not allowed to go in. It's probably too precarious, you know, because uh, them going in there it may have done in more floors or more stuff. Well, no, no, no. It was a completely collapsed, and, the, and there was law enforcement, and there were people digging. But these are experts, and they were not allowed to go in to save lives. And that's, that's another story that the media didn't talk about too much, and I always wonder. They're there for free. They just wanted to volunteer yeah. and help. And uh, there were family members there that I saw crying, praying. You know, at night there was a vigil all the time. And they were standing there saying, we're not allowed to go in. And look at all those people there. Yeah, I, I can't sort it out from here. Yeah, it's, it's easy to come up with, uh, you know, a, a series on why it is. But uh, without knowing, it's it, the, the danger of, of going with uh you know, theories that seem quite plausible is it gets in the way of your observations. That's for, true. For the future. But if there was another, no, nothing else that would collapse because the entire structure was collapsed, including the last building, there was nobody living there, obviously, but they did not allow anyone to go back to their homes to remove their belongings. When that happened, everybody was evacuated and, you know, I wonder if the reason why they were taking yeah. all the debris out was to take him somewhere else to another country and sort out all the jewelry and all the, who knows what they could find in that building that stayed. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but um, not enough information to sort it, but there's a lot of strange uh, things like that, that, that do occur that make you wonder. But, but the, um, yeah, the important thing is to not allow yourself to uh, go with assumptions and that's real hard. That takes an awful lot of um, discipline to do. But but most of the time that the public gets uh, 
a snow job pulled on them is when they've grabbed onto assumptions. <clears throat> My favorite one is is uh, Colin Powell at the UN with the test tube with powder. Yep. In. You know, talking about weapons of mass destruction. You know, stop and think of the logic. If that's weapons of mass destruction in his test tube, what happens if he drops it? <laughs> you know, holding it in front of the UN. Oh yeah, yeah. No, with, with two fingers to make people assume. Yeah, make people assume that there was proof. Without there being proof, it was uh, it's a psychological trick that gets played. So that's really uh, difficult, you know, a challenge to hold off on assumptions because that that's how it gets pulled. Um, you know, somebody may not lie, but they 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 distort it enough so that you you believe they said something that they didn't say. Um, speaking of which, Colin Powell, do you think he was the Fauci of today? Uh, I. I don't know, but but that particular scene where he's holding this test tube of powder in front of the UN, we I mean, have to stop and think: Is that weapons of mass destruction he has in his test tube? Well, I think that's what that's what convinced the people to go into a, into Afghanistan. Right, right. But if you stop and look at the logic, see, it was it was designed to make assumptions and to trigger people emotionally. And so, um, yeah, obviously that was a gimmick he was he was pulling. But the majority of the people did not realize that. Because they just reacted emotionally, and that's why it was done for that. Um, there's, there's another similar one, you know, going back to 9-11. Um, they, the, uh, the truthers uh, paid um, this professor at the University of Alaska to hire graduate students to model um, uh, the destruction of Building 7 with bombs or something like that. And um, You know, first of all, if you're a forensic engineer, first thing to do is determine what happened. Don't hypothetically, you know, fixate on, on uh, multiple choice answers. But even um, even with his his statements, he he wouldn't lie, but he left things to appear, um, you know, so he could, uh, uh, um, you know. His statements get used to convince people he said something he didn't. Like the truthers use his report for saying he, he proved it was bombs in the building. And I'd like to read some from his uh, the clu conclusions of his final report. Sure. Listen carefully. It says in our it is our conclusion based upon these findings that the collapse of WTC7 was a global failure involving the near simultaneous failure of all columns in the building and not a progressive collapse involving the sequential failure of columns throughout the building. Um, controlled demolition is sequential. Near simultaneous failure is what dustification is. And um, also, he, he said in, at a later time, it's the first time I've ever seen a failure come down where the concrete was powder instead of broken chunks with respect to the steel. So he, he's uh, at least kind of acknowledging it's justification, but the uh, the truthers use it to um, for some reason or somehow to to claim it was controlled demolition. And if you don't agree with them, they get mad. And I, I'm, I'm open minded. I will. I'm willing to listen to a lot, but I make my own conclusions based on the evidence that I receive. And let me go back to something that I think I may have discussed with you last year. But do you remember the paradise? California fires and all these fires that are happening in, in Canada, in California. But then again, yep. we have all these droughts in the Middle East 
and they have drones that they're deploying to create rain. So obviously we have the ability to yeah. geoengineer and to create weather. So this these fires, in my opinion, are manipulated. But what happened in Paradise, for example, all these pictures that I'm seeing of the houses that are almost dustified, and you see the trees and the plastic waste containers, the trash containers, there, do you see any correlation between the technology that was used on 9-11 and these fires? Well, not directly, but uh, you look, start looking at the environmental differences. We have all sorts of uh, cell phone towers, uh, Wi-Fi, you know, lots of charging of, of the atmosphere. And um, that's, you know, that's sort of what um, the deal is with the Hutchison effect. He has a Van de Graaff generator or Tesla coil and then interferes radio frequency signals within it and weird things happen. So you don't need a, a hurricane around. You just uh, have a charged up atmosphere anyway. And, you know, it's, it's, it's fixing to happen, whether it's unintended consequences or whatnot. It's um, the environment has been messed up. But what you talked about uh, creating rain, remember the um, – the Olympics uh, in China, I think it was. Um, yeah, you know, great weather. Ago where they were worried about the, the marathon runners having to breathe this smog. So they, they ordered up rain to uh, clear the air out. That, that's above the table. They admitted it, that, that they ordered up rain so they could clean the air for the runners. And they also promised they, will have, they would have sun during the inauguration. Uh, I didn't hear that one, but I wouldn't doubt it. But people have a short memory. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's all these fires going on and the drought in the West. It's um, It has to be by design of some sort because they could they have the technology to do otherwise. We're having Deborah Tavares in a couple of weeks to discuss all that. She believes that it's yeah. they're trying to just move the population out of that area. Uh, because of smart cities, because of Agenda 21, Agenda 2030. But I'm glad you're joining me today because I want to bring something up that you told me many, many years ago. And I think it was a an offline, offline conversation we were having one night, Judy. And I want to discuss this again because it becomes more prevalent now and more uh, apparent to me. But you said to me, and correct me if, if I'm misquoting you, but you said, you see all these cell towers it's almost like microwave, right? Imagine if you have a town yep. with people who might not be, you know, sharing the same narrative or they're uh, subversive to the established authority. All you need to do, unless they're living, they're living underground, a few feet off the ground, you turn on those towers and you could dustify them. Did I? Am I misquoting you or am I on the right track? Um. It's similar. It, the, the, there is that uh, that tendency. I, I have commented about the unintended consequences of the Midwest, you know, Tornado Alley. If um, the static charge of, of uh, you know, that comes with tornadoes, if that's normal, and then now you have a whole lot more radio frequency signals, you're going to get a lot. That's when, you know, suddenly the we start getting these mega tornadoes. Tornadoes in the Midwest. That was right after they switched to um, digital television and installed all sorts of brand new radio frequency transmission towers. Mm. So that in itself, we know that phenomenon exists, and uh, I'm sure the uh, the crew does too, and will do whatever they want to with it. 
Yeah, I guess you don't need tornadoes. I mean, you don't need hurricanes anymore. <laughs> but what I don't like about all these cell phone towers is I want to see the um, environmental impact statements, you know, long-term uh, health effects. They don't have to do that. If you build a building or, or pave a road, you have to provide an environmental impact statement. Why don't they have to do that for cell towers? Well, not to mention the 5G towers. Because you have these cell towers now up to yeah. 4G, I believe, and you see them in one corner here, one corner over there. But with 5G, it's right in front of people's homes. And I believe it's like to every, is it 100 meters or every 200 meters there's right. one? And they have to the yeah, foliage. We, have, we also have smart meters, the power of right. you know, the smart meters. But um, they have to cut trees because they don't go through trees. So I don't know that they're doing this for the benefit of my cell phone to be connected and, and for me to be able to download movies. This is what they're telling us that is reason. But there's something else. Yeah. Yeah, clearly. Clearly. Um there's uh yeah there's, there's also too much trashing up the atmosphere you know when the, how they first discovered um microwave yes it's the you know, for uh, cooking thing is it raytheon the the man was working on an experiment yeah, and he sees a chocolate bar melt in his pocket yep yeah he had it in his pocket while he was working on a tower and then it it turned into soup and uh, then he realized that these the signal cooks uh chocolate bars so then he we produced one in the lab and uh, got it to cook food, and they call that the radar range, the, the first model. Let me read. Raytheon. Let me read right here how the microwave was invented by a radar engineer who accidentally cooked a candy bar in his pocket one day while working near the mag magnetrons that produce microwaves. Spencer noticed, I believe that's his name, noticed a peanut butter candy bar in his pocket had begun to melt. Shortly after, the microwave oven was born. Okay, here's my point with that. They didn't know before they started using it, the effects on people. Right. They just started doing it. So uh, you can kind of, you know, extrapolate from there and know that the cell phone towers, G5 and whatnot, um, they've not done any tests on what it does to people. Or maybe they have, but they don't want to acknowledge that. But there's an awful lot of, uh, of messing up our atmosphere. I don't like that. I hate to say this to my brothers and sisters in Puerto Rico because I lived there for 20-some years and I loved that island. But I've always said, even when I lived there, I felt like that island is being used as a laboratory. For example, in the 1950s, mm -hmm. uh, 40s, I believe, or 50s, they, were, they had this pole, metal pole in the middle of the rainforest. And they, it emanated radiation, and they wanted to see how far the radiation would go in a radius. Oh, and they, gee. And they wanted to see how many people developed cancer. And then in the 50s, I believe it was, too, they inoculated women and gave them, they became sterile. And now, in the past few years, I've noticed the preponderance. You can look at the 5G map. Take a look at Puerto Rico. Before it was even placed here, and this was during the last hurricane that they had all the power out and then all the earthquakes. This is when they started installing the 5G uh, platforms. And I wonder if this is why they have, well, I don't want to correlate because there's no, what is it? Uh, causation does not mean correlation or vice versa. With all the COVID situation there, it's the only territory in the United States that has a 
vacuum ID. Vaccine ID. You cannot go to grocery stores. You cannot go to restaurants now. They have a snitch line that if you see a business allowing people not showing their vaccine card, they get fined. It's a laboratory. So I wonder if 5G was used there too, Judy, before they're implementing it here in the United, in the continental U.S. Yeah. Well, it's like in uh, Africa, they were, you know, courtesy of Bill Gates handing out um, free vaccines for tetanus. And in the tetanus vaccine, there was um, uh, anti-fertility drugs that made it made the women sterile. And they did that also in India. And what happened in, if any right. woman so got... the people uh, in Africa are quite skeptical. If, of course, in Africa and in India. They kicked uh, the gates out of India because the so-called polio vaccine made a lot of the uh, people there uh, paraplegic. Sterile. Yeah, there's it's, uh, a bunch of uh, weird testing that goes on with those, those you know, unassuming people. But it was the, the tetanus uh, shot, that, and they wanted to keep giving it every, every so many months. Yeah, it sounds something like the, uh, the booster shot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I said that last year, by the way. I, again, folks, if you've never listened to my Corona Chronicles, I could only do seven because after the second or third one, we started being censored so much. But a lot of people are writing to me saying, Mel, go back. Go back to, to, to listen to your own video. Watch your own videos and take a look. Everything you said, really everything that I said, and I, I don't want to take any credit. It's just that's the information that I got. And after so many years of talking to people like Dr. Judy Wood, I've developed this sense of seeing what others are not seeing. And I said, watch it. It's not going to be one vaccine. It's going to be way more. And it's going to be almost like a Windows update required. If you want to continue yeah. using your computer, you need to upgrade. Otherwise, your apps or your organs might yeah. not be functioning. Yeah, and, and let's go back to, you know, applying logic to it. Uh, remember uh, uh, chickenpox. Once you get it, you're, you're immune for life. The same with this virus. You know, natural immunity works. You, you may not have the uh, particular immune cells after a while they die out, but you have the T cells that can crank up the, the immune system whenever it's, it's called for. And the, the best part of it is that, it, um, it, you know, the virus can mutate a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, by as much as 20%. And the body still recognizes it. Oh, I know what that is. And it goes in and attacks it. But um, given these uh, these jabs or shots that they're doing, you cannot get herd immunity with it. And, um, you know, people can get the virus with it and can give the virus. Uh, people with natural immunity can't give it and can't get it. Yet they want to give them the jab. And the jab... Uh, destroys their immunity. So it's not about health. I've had these heated discussions that I, I try not to, talk to people, not to talk to people in a public, my private persona anymore, because I hate to say it, I don't want to sound condescending, but they are so tapped into the narrative that no matter how much evidence you give them, you ask them the question, wait a second, why do you call it a, a virus if this is not it doesn't go through the vaccine. whole process of the coach. Um, I forgot the, the actual term, but it hasn't been isolated. It hasn't been purified. And if they don't have a way to, the, the PCR test is worthless. So if there's yeah. not even a test for the Delta variant, how do they even know that it exists? I honestly am coming to the conclusion that it's a parasite. Well, I think I think there is a test, but it would be, but we'd be, um, 
I think it'd be unreasonably expensive and uh, not worth it. But um, as for the vaccine passport, is the person sick or not? I mean, look at them. Are they blowing, you know, snot out their nose or they look healthy? You know, apparently you can't give a virus, you know, pass it on to somebody else if you're not um, sick. But, of course, they, they get people to believe otherwise. But if we believed in a fair world, and every doctor, the majority at least, that I've talked to, I say, tell me, please, naturally, natural acquired immunity. Isn't that best? And the information is out there now. They're saying it's 13 to 26 mm -hmm. times more effective to to defy, to to overcome it, and not to get it again. More than the vaccine. If yep. that's the case, why isn't there an antibody test that you can go anywhere and prove, hey, because they're saying that about 83% of the population in the United States has had COVID already and survived it. Or, or, or they've had a, a similar enough uh, virus. This isn't an, quote, novel virus. Right. They've had a similar enough virus to it that the, the body is outside, you know, within the 20%. You know, like, oh, that, that's similar to something I've seen before and, you know, can handle it. They don't necessarily have to have had that one before, but something similar enough, the body can still attack it, still uh, recognizes it as similar. But if, we're to believe, if we are to believe science, if you got chicken pox, well, you have the antibodies. And they keep saying, well, the antibodies might not be there in six months and the vaccines will give you immunity for All the variants, which months. which is absolutely not true. They're giving people vaccines based no. on a generation of a virus that's already dead, if you can call it a virus. Yeah. And it's not against this Delta variant. And this is why they keep claiming of these boosters. But if you and I got it, let's say, for example, and there's an antibody test and it says, oh, yep, we have the antibodies. Why can't we just? I think it's the T cell, the T cell test. Okay. That's the, that's more indicative. But all these lockdowns and the passports and the travel, if people who have gotten it, which is now they're saying 83% of the population in the U.S. Has, has gotten it, why shouldn't they be able to get a passport based on their immunity? It is because it's not about health. Of course, uh, it's, profit. It's about control. Yeah, it's it's about control. And pretty soon it's it's like microchipping everybody because if you have to go everywhere with, the, with your your vaccine pass that was another thing they, they call it a vaccine so you think it's it's a helpful thing now it's a it's a it's a shot it's a jab it's it's not a vaccine it doesn't vaccinate you against things but but um it, it's a big myth that people just like the the ash conformity experiment people knew it wasn't but then everybody else is saying that it's a vaccine so they then they agree it is and blindly go along with it I want to discuss that because that's another part that's confusing people. When you see these Olympians out there and you don't know if they're male or a female, you wonder, is that their country trying to beat the system by putting a male in a female sport? Or did something really happen to that child? Yeah, the, the uh, Castro Semenya, um, uh, let's see, Margaret Wambui, and who's the other one? Um, Uh, Francine Nian Saba. Um, they they have XY chromosomes, which we usually relate to as male. Um, but in if if a mother in the first trimester is carrying a boy, 
baby and it is given uh, too much uh, hormones, uh, the baby doesn't develop quite right. The, the testes don't drop down and the penis doesn't develop. And so when they're born, people take a glance and say, oh, it must, might be a girl. But then it coming they get to puberty and the, the testes that are internal still start putting out testosterone. So they develop like a male. You know, uh, deep voice and big muscles, and then they can win uh, women's races real easily. And the the um, 2016 Olympics, because there are already some uh, lawsuits out there, uh, the Olympic people didn't want to mess with it anymore, and so they said, oh, fine, if whoever feels like a girl today gets to run in the girls' race. So um, the 800-meter running race, all three medals went to folks from Africa, these, these three I listed. They're XY chromosomes. They call it um, 46XY DSD, difference of sexual development. But um, they came up with a ruling about a year ago that in order to run in the girls' race, they had to take some drug that would reduce their testosterone, and they refused to, so they didn't get to. So they, they quit running. But if you go back in time, down. if you go back in time in but, Africa... Why was that done? What was the reason for doing this, for injecting the mothers uh, with that something? Was, that was that was back at the time they were getting the um, uh, shots for uh, tetanus, and and the anti fertility drug was was um, uh, attached to the tetanus vaccine. So these were pregnant women that received it. Yep, in uh, the the early nineties. Um, so had they not been pregnant, they would have become sterile. That's what you're saying. Yeah, or or uh, yeah, it messed them up. There's um, uh, a guy in Kenya, an OBGYN doctor, who is very skeptical of the uh, the jab that's being put out now. And he was re- reciting this business about the the tetanus thing, and so he's he's very skeptical about what's coming down the pike with this uh, this jab, universal jab, but. In addition to that, uh, why do you do something to 100% of the population and then discover there's something wrong and, oops, we made the entire population sterile? It's it's a stupid thing to do. Dr. Malone said that we need to have a control group. Right. Um, DES, and, of course, we all have heard about thalidomide. Um, yes. It was supposed to... Uh, I forget which one was uh, anti-morning sickness. That's it. That's it. Thalidomide. Morning sickness. But uh, that's what thalidomide was for. Yes. Okay. Then the other one was for anti-miscarrying. You know, supposed to help keep women from miscarrying, and and everything seemed fine until they gave birth to to uh, girls who, when they grew up and got to childbearing years, they had uh, cervical cancer at a very high rate. And it's come out that uh, their daughters also affected, and the boys are also affected, but in a different way. Um, but so it's it's gone on for a couple of generations. In other words, it altered the DNA. Oh, gosh, the, the, let's so, take the, you don't you don't see that. Let's take this conversation to part two because I remember a similar conversation I had a couple of years ago cost a lot of trouble to this platform. But let me just read this before we break. It's about the definition of vaccine. You probably have seen this, right? Uh, It hasn't been changed once, the definition. It's been changed a few times 
this year because people are saying, hmm, this doesn't make sense. Let me read you the original definition. A preparation of okay. killed microorganisms, living attenuated organisms, or living fully virulent organisms that is administered to produce or artificially increase immunity to a particular disease. Now, because of what's happening with the genetic material, on January 26, 2021, it was changed to a preparation of genetic material, such as a strand of synthesized messenger RNA that is used by the cells of the body to produce an antigenic substance, such as a fragment of virus spike protein. What do you think about That's that? That's creepy. That's creepy that they changed it. Yes, and this is coming from the uh, Merriam-Webster Dictionary as of 2021. So Merriam-Webster is oh turning into another Wikipedia now. I want to play an audio clip which refutes the controlled demolition theory. I'll play it for the listeners. In fact, it's better they're not watching the video because sound is what we're looking for. First, I'll play a clip of the implosion of the Ocean Tower in South Padre Island in Texas on December 13, 2009, a 37-story unfinished structure which became unsafe and had to be demolished. Immediately after, you will hear another clip. This is from a nurse who worked at a hospital a few blocks away and is being interviewed uh, away from a 47-story building which collapsed on its own footprint. I'm referring to World Trade Center 7. If this was controlled demolition, where's the sound? We hear nothing before the collapse. Take a listen. Your name, ma'am? Barbara Crowley. C-R-O-W-L-E-Y. NYU Medical Center. Okay, tell me okay. what you know. All I know at this point is they're trying to establish an outdoor hospital facility like we've set up at Chelsea Piers, a like triage a tri unit. Just the beginning of what they're facing. So we're And we need masks. We need TV masks. Holy shit! What is it? It just went down. What just went down? World Trade 7. It did go down before. No, 7. Number 7. Oh, my God! Let's take a break. Once again, how can people buy your seminal book, Where Did the Towers Go, and your websites? Yeah, we're, uh, it's available on Amazon, but I think you're going to uh, post a link for that. Yes, I'll post a link on the web on our website. And uh, also, your website's still the same. Yeah, drjudywood.com and wheredidthetowersgo.com. Well, folks, we're privileged to have Dr. Judy Wood once again with us on this 20th anniversary in you might be thinking, why am I talking about all these other subjects? Well, because they're all related. And we're still trying to find and connect dots to what happened on that morning on 9-11. Do you remember, folks, what you were doing? I surely remember. And I also remember that you were in the, was it lunchroom? When you started watching what was going on and you were the only one among your peers who questioned what we were, you were seeing on TV. Am I right? Mm-hmm. And it looked to me like I was a wacko. 
But I think it's important for all the listeners, too, to think back on that day, if they can remember it, and what questions did you have that you end up putting aside because of some reason? Let's like, address that. A lot of people that. I've talked to said, oh, yeah, I noticed that the building served to dust, but no, they told us that was a collapse, so I quit worrying about it. Let's address that when we come back. Okay. I think that when people have no knowledge or vision of something, there's no way their mind can connect dots as you have because you have experience in interferometry and mechanical engineering so you can see what others might not. But let's do that when we come back. This is Mel Hostelrig. I'm here with Dr. Judy Wood. One more hour. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for listening to the first part of this important Veritas interview. To listen to the rest and all of our material, proceed to the member section or join the Veritas family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focus Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Pure Organic Sulfur, flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. Now, proceed to the members section or subscribe, to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to Veritas. Because you don't want to believe. You want to know.